snack. We're back for another fun episode of the Mr. Booster Podcast. Hey, I, I want to tell everybody thanks uh, for all the love and apparent weirdness uh, that, that people have affinity for our kids, Chad. They, they were like, people are like, like asking their kids if they've got bark phones. And then uh, people are like emotionally invested in Malia's fish. So do we have like a fish watch update for the folks at home? Like what's what's the count? Or who who's still with us? It's like Survivor in your house well, over there. We got more sad news. First of all, oh. this is the first time ever tuning in. <laughs> You're definitely going to need to go back an episode. And, Check last week. Uh, Goodness. Um, we we do have a, a sad update on the fish. Oh no! Um, as as you heard, so m- milk is aggressive. Okay. <laughs> Real quick, though, hold on. The Chad's going to say a lot of common words in the next few minutes that are the names of fish that his delightful and beautiful daughter has given to. I'm assuming the the ten gallon massacre of Stillwater, but but milk milk is a fish, not like just like a beverage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, people that are lactose intolerant have known that milk's aggressive. It's been aggressive their whole life. (laughs) Um. Uh, yeah, milk is uh, he's he's beyond aggressive. Milk is a mean fish. Um, like who hurt him? No yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who hurt him? You know, I don't, I don't know what what kind of like underground fish fighting that he was in in PetSmart, but he he was their champion, uh, and he has worked his way over into my take. Uh, Blueberry has passed away. Oh, um, no more bloobs. No, dude, milk ate milk. <laughs> milk ate blueberry. <laughs> well, he, he took off his fin, and which uh, maimed him. To be, oh my god, what is going on at your house over there? Listen, man, I, I we're feeding them, but apparently it's not enough. Um, so yeah, milk, <laughs> not milk enough protein in their diet, I guess, <laughs> on that Mediterranean so, diet. Socks and Blacktail know that he's aggressive and mean, and you can see it in the tank at this point. Like, if milk's on the right, they're on the left. They're and they're just, just living in fear. You remember? You remember that old? Uh, you remember the the movie Forrest Gump? Yeah, love it. You know when they're in Vietnam, and he's like, you know, hey, you lean up against me, I lean, lean up against, against you. That way we don't have to sleep with our heads in the mud. That's what I Socks and like, Blacktail are doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they both got each other's back, man. They're just <laughs> looking oh out for, for old milk. So that's it. Um, but hey, one of the things I wanted to bring up, Zach, you we don't we don't uh speaking of animal stories, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't experience this very often. You were you were speaking at an event, yeah, uh, and were told about a story that I had told that, that you had I never- didn't know. Like apparently, like this, like it was like a real like best friend betrayal. Cause I feel like we workshop almost every like I mean, like even like on the car rides there and back, right. it's like, hey man, this is my talk. What do you think? And like I legitimately heard from a friend. So shout out to Robbie. Uh, again, thanks for having us out to your church to share that. Like that, Chad came and spoke at a D now, like a weekend event, and shared it. But, but part of it is it happened at the event, right? So that, that's part no, of no, this no, no. Okay, it happened at another event that became you know, fun. Give us story. the whole story. So this is this is the story that Zach didn't fully know that Chad shared. That it feels like this group ought to know too because we share with y'all. So 
I was uh, speaking at their disciple now. This was a few years back. The week before I was speaking at another disciple now. Um, and at this disciple now, here, here's how it just went down. I want you to step into my shoes, follow me. Okay. Okay. So I'm speaking at this disciple now. If you've ever spoken to a disciple now, a lot of times they'll have like a Friday evening session, a Saturday morning, and a Saturday night. Okay. If you're the speaker, depending on what's happening on Saturday, sometimes there's like, you know, kind of community things. I like to drop into those, you know, hang yeah. out, check out, see what's going Groups on. Having the nacho bar or whatever. Yeah. 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 So th- they had, uh, they were kind of a little all over uh, what they were doing. And I remember there wasn't much for me to do Saturday. So a lot of times I'll either catch up on work. Sometimes I'll go watch a movie on Saturday if it's like that. Um, but you're just kind of like hanging out in between the two talks on Saturday morning, and Saturday evening. Right. So I roll into the auditorium Saturday evening. It's before everything started. Students have started like, you know, make their way back into the auditorium. There's this group of sixth grade boys that are sitting on the front row. Okay. They look exhausted. I mean, like, <laughs> like they stayed up too late and played Halo all night. Exhausted? No, 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 no. Not like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. Exhausted. Yeah. Like these boys look physically exhausted. Like they had been doing something, right? Doing chores. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I was like, hey, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, this one boy, he just looks at me. He's like, hey, good. What's up, man? And I was like. I was like, you guys look tired. What what'd you guys do this afternoon? And then one of the kids, without even looking at me, he just kind of mumbles, throwing rocks at the lion. And I'm like, what kind of like weird slang is this? Right. Like I'm I'm like, I don't know if this is some just like, oh, that's this way that we just say that we, you know, we're kicking it or yeah, it's yeah. some game. It's the old kickback, yeah, the old rocks at the lion, yeah. Yeah, man, we just don't rock the line. And uh, Chad pulled like, up Urban what? Dictionary, like, what are these kids talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, I'm like, what? What does that mean? Should I repeat and this on like, stage or not? Yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes. Well, the host home that we're staying at, their neighbor has a lion, and we were throwing rocks at it. And I was like, what? that sounds like a horrible idea. What? Yeah, and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm still not comprehending. I mean, we're in like Northeast Oklahoma and, and you're messing with the line, which by the way, after last year, I realized that my state of Oklahoma and tigers and lions with Joe, the exotic do have a place, <laughs> right? More, more, more tigers in captivity than in the wild that, that we all, we all learned. And uh, you found one. What's so, yeah. you got, so you got a big cat, you got a big cat in Northeast Oklahoma. So these kids, their neighbor had both a lion and a tiger in in his yard with like 15 foot fences. And these boys were playing a game where the adults were. I have no idea. Okay. But they were standing as close to the fence as they could get. And then they were like aggravating this lion to where it would rush the fence and they were seeing if they could stand there without flinching. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I Nothing was like, about that is good. 
I mean, I've never called a kid a liar to his face, but I was about to. And then they pulled up a video. Oh, they and I filmed watched, it? Yes. Dude, over and over again, they're standing. I, it, Zach, they are far too close to this fence. And, like a and chain link fence? Not a, <laughs> it's not like a four-foot four dog fence. You know, I'm, so, I'm trying to imagine the fence where they can still see the line. Like, is it just like a wrought iron... Like it's like it's like one of those like steel, you know, they, they make just like big squares. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's something like you were like, I'm, I don't know if I would trust that fence to hold back a lion, but it was big. It was big. It looked metal. All these kind of things. He's buying hardware store fence to keep a lion encaged. Dude. And that line was coming. Quick <laughs> well, yeah. That game. Well, yeah. Cause like a sixth grade boy is basically an antelope. <laughs> Oh, dude, it, that and that line wanted to eat those kids. Like there was no about, doubt about it. Like he wanted to eat those children, and they're just standing there, just trying to see if they can't flinch. Right, like sixth grade boys who are you know playing a game of chicken. They're just like standing there, and you know they're all giggling, laughing as their kid. You know, instinct takes over in that yeah. point. No, no matter how much you want to stand there. When that line is barreling down, they would step back. And I mean, it's growling, roaring, all these kind of things. And I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> so that is the wildest, craziest Disciple Now story I have without well, a doubt. Um, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you got a lion uh, at your neighbor's house, maybe not the ideal host home for unattended middle school students. <laughs> Well, and I talked to the guy who owns the house, like the adult, yeah. who, that's his neighbor. And I was like, I was like, what do you do after a big storm? Like, if you have to go in the cellar for a tornado, do you just come out and go back to your house? Like, how do you know that the fence isn't down? Can you imagine that? Like, I... you get out of the, the cellar and you're like, hey, we need to make sure that the neighbor's big cats are still in. Yeah. As we wander back to the house. So, so like this guy's got a lion tiger just encased in the backyard. So he's sipping his morning coffee and just well, his watching. neighbor does. Well, his neighbor does, but his neighbor is just sipping his morning coffee, watching him play in the backyard. I guess. Well, uh, if anybody's looking for Tiger King 2, uh, contact Chad Higgins, uh, Tiger King 2, uh, Northeast Oklahoma Boogaloo. Uh, we've, we've got a middle school a middle school story in the happening. Uh, so well, I, I want to know, as your friend and, and connoisseur of your of your stories, uh, what what is the what is the talk that this is usually associated with? Like, where does this show up in the flow of a camp week or a D-Now weekend? Oh, Just it's don't it be like stupid, a, stupid. It was it was a one off. I don't. I'm, I, that's not normally a, a talk that I use in a sermon. Uh, it was just it was it, Robbie's D now was the week after that happened. Yeah. Uh, and I think I don't know if I I don't I don't know if I sh told it on stage or not. I remember just telling them that story and, and talking about the craziness of a D now, Just right? Tempting or fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tempting fate, right? Oh. oh my gosh. Well, that's part of what we wanted to talk about today was maybe the things of each other that we didn't know after all this time, things we didn't know. Uh, but Chad, there was some other stuff that we had talked about just over the last few weeks. We've had some fun and there was some silliness. Um, but I, I think at least 
some of the things that we've heard and wanted to share with the with the folks listening this week is maybe a little more tough if we're being if we're being honest uh, that we're in a season of maybe needing uh, to know if we need some tough love or some kindly encouragement. And so I'd love for you to set up a little bit. We we had a talk before the show about this and we disagreed. Uh, and so we're going to offer both takes on maybe what, maybe what a youth minister needs. And so, uh, you know, choose your own adventure, uh, as Chad and I share a little bit, I think, uh, what's, what's in the water right now in student ministry. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the things that Zach and I, I mean, obviously we want to talk about is what, what, what do we feel like is needed, right? What do we feel like we need to talk about? How do we address it? Those kind of things. And, you know, Zach and I get to talk to a lot of youth pastors from all over. And one of the things that um, we've realized really quickly in doing the work that we do is there are obviously many things that are similar across the board of what people are dealing with, how they're responding, all of those kind of things. Um, But along with that, everything is uniquely different, right? Because we're all uniquely different. And so the question for us kind of came up is what do we, what do we feel like is needed more the pat on the back or the kick in the butt? Right. Um, Because I think that each of those hopefully are trying to get us to the same destination right of a better place and yeah um you know more proficient all these kind of things um but you know what what's more needed the pat on the bat or the kick on the butt and so i just want to ask you a personal question zach which one do you feel like in general that you respond more favorably to that gets the most out of you yeah uh i mean i'm wired that i feel like i'm pretty much always going to respond to positive encouragement, right? Like give me the like nudge in the right direction of like, man, what you did here, that was it. Do more of that. Like it's, it's the, it's not the like empty, like you, you tried hard. It's, it's all fine. But like, like I, I, I don't know for, for me, if, if someone takes enough time to encourage the good, that's, that's where I live. That's what I need. And that's one of the things that, um, I don't know. I, for the, folks that hang out and know I try to be as positive as possible because uh, I feel like sometimes that's that's one of the few tools that we have with our volunteers in ministry right um, it's hard sometimes to like get the most out of people that we're not paying um, with like really really sharp critique uh, but for some of us I know and I, think, I don't want to anticipate what you're about to share but like for some of us that it is like our job like we need some tough love and there's been times like uh, man even this morning <laughs> One of the things that you shared with me was one of the harshest truth that you've ever shared. And I don't know if it was a kick in the butt so much, but it was something that was really hard to hear uh, because it's something that I often do that I don't always know, or I try to ride off as not that big of a deal of how I internalize certain things. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe it's both, but for me, it's the kindly pat on the back uh, because I can be so, uh, critical or I can be so like self-determined that having someone else like kindly lift my vision up from being like head down is really, really helpful. So that's what I would share. I disagree. Okay. How can you do, I don't know. I, I feel really dumb. Uh, snap. <laughs> yeah, I feel really dumb. Like saying that I disagree with what you feel about yourself. Nope. That's good. That's fine. 
I do, man. I do. I do. I, I well, so having having got to know you, feeling like I mean, you are my best friend. I feel like the way, at least in our relationship, I can't speak for everything. I feel like one of the things that's been most helpful for us is, and I hope, I hope you know this, like I am always on your side and care deeply about you. And I think if, if I can establish that, I feel like, you know, that in that moment, it allows me to speak very bluntly to you. And that always feels like that is the most impactful um, in our relationship when, when I see that you get in a little bit of a rut, okay. Like to kick um, me out of the rut instead of trying to pull me out of the rut. Yeah. Because so in, in here's, and it goes along with one of the, the thoughts of like, when do you need the kick in the butt mm. versus the pat on the back is I think that you need the kick in the butt, um, when the problem is internal. Okay. And you, need the pat on the back when the problem is external. Okay. Same. Okay. So, 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 so the, it's uh, the thing that we've talked about a few weeks ago, some of the stuff that we can control versus the stuff that we can't control. Would that be yeah, another be, way to talk about it? A little bit, because I, I think, I think when, when our issue, when we already see our issue and that issue is with our own leadership, our own motivation. These are internal things, right? Mm. And I think a lot of times we see them, even if we don't want to admit them, we see the issue in our ministry and we know that like, Hey, this is because of something I'm doing or I'm being lazy about or any of those kind of things. I think the pat on the back of like, you can do it just continues to set us in the motion of like where we're at. Mm. And I think sometimes we need the kick in the butt of going, Hey, you see it, you know, the problem, do something about it. Yeah. Um. Now I think kicks kick in the butt without any form of like relationship is just criticism. Sure. <laughs> And I don't think that's, that's just sniping. That's just like, and not yeah. good. Yeah. 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 That's the dude externally that like, you know, why are you listening to that person anyways? Right. right? Like right. Um, there's, there's that saying that I've heard a lot lately is why are we taking criticism with people that from people that we wouldn't take advice from? Yeah. And I think that that's it's real. That, yeah. And that's a probably a pretty good litmus test. I, I think we listen to those things. It's always good to hear like what are outside perspectives. Um, but along the way, I think for us, that kick in the pants can be really beneficial when it comes from people um, that we know pat us on the back well mm. and at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why we shouldn't hold back patting on the back and celebrating a lot of times. And if you think about in your life, the people that you've taken the kicks in the butt from the best have been the people that, you know, care about you the most. So what are your thoughts? Uh, man, I, I think being able to rightly identify what is internal or what is external and I like that language, I think, even more than what we can control and what we can't control. Because um, I think sometimes when we say it's something I can't control, we give up the opportunity to affect change. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we start, you know, like it literally becomes like, it's only my effort. And if there's anything that I've been convicted of in 16 years of ministry is that if we start getting into the thinking that I can only do what's in my like scope of effort, then we have missed the holy calling of what we're up to. And so there is a tension though between some of the things that I can do right now and some of the things that I cannot do or cannot complete right now. And if that is the frame that we allow ourselves to filter some of these things through, um, I can control like making sure that I am not just in my head about work and I'm physically exerting myself enough and not just letting messages and texts and emails and demands on me pile up. Like I am in control of putting my phone on do not disturb. Like it's an internal problem of me feeling like I have to respond to every message within minutes and not within hours. Uh, It's an external expectation that I would show up to the office certain number of days of the week. Um, But it's an internal pressure to feel like I have to give uh, more and always in 120% at the sacrifice of other like peer and family and parenting relationships. And so I think Mm. for a lot of us, like we just, because the work is noble, we allow all those things to muddy together. And I think some of us need to be open enough to hear that there are some things that we could do different, maybe do better, or even do less. And I think the ability to delegate and delete and delay are really important in creating a healthy perspective on this work that's highly relational and uh, and, and kind of in some ways, highly demanding. Like that's one of the things that, uh, for my friends that are in like banking or like own businesses, like there is like a shared vision of like the work that can be demanding, but because the nature of ministry is so relationally demanding and it's always, it feels like a measure of either helping people or letting people down, it just rests differently, which is why I think one of the best things that we can do is to do the interior work of us. Because if we start losing, and I think this is like for ministerial folks, the vocational bit, uh, the calling language, like if we don't understand what we were called to do and who we are in the middle of that calling— we will start becoming chameleons for everybody else's demands on us. And losing that clarity means that we start losing the ability to discern. And when we do that, we just become a tool or cog for other people than the one that has called us to do the thing. And that's like, that is like, so like tangibly, that's why like, prayer before email is so important and it's Bible study before meetings, right? Like these are some of the things that like Chad encourages and we nudge us, like we nudge you to do, but at the heart of it, it's like the slipping away of the like redeemed and called person that you are. Like we, 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 give away, we mitigate, and we divert all that sanctification that at the end of the day is really what the folks needed from us the most. It wasn't 
all of our availability, but in so many ways, it was our ability or capacity to care, mentor, shepherd, and model. So yeah, that's 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 so good. Yeah, and I don't I don't know whether this is the pat on the back or the kick in the butt, but I think I think more of us, and I'll speak to myself, and I'll speak to you. Um, as a guy who I care for deeply, and I know that you would echo this right back at me, for you and I to be really effective ministers, we have to lead from a place of spiritual and faith mm. before um, mental ability or yeah. leadership ability or whatever you want to call it. And I think when we do that, um, then we engage in the work in the correct manner and realize this is not just a job for someone who's highly proficient in leadership. Yeah. Or really <laughs> writes good smart. emails. Yeah. <laughs> those, those guys are proficient and good for a short season. Yeah. But they always burn out. Yeah. And I think if if I look at a lot of the ministers around me and a lot of on a national scale, I think we've easily gotten into this place where we've read a lot of the leadership books. We've read a lot of the blog articles and those kind of things. And those are not bad, but when those are the foundation rather than the spiritual walk with the Lord, then we're not able to identify the correct problem that we have to be fighting in this war specifically right now. Like the people become the enemy the process becomes the enemy instead of realizing like who the true enemy is and all this. And I think over the last year and a half, we've been, we've been fighting all of these battles with COVID and everything else. And we're constantly pointing at the problem or the issue and trying to fix and trying to fix. And those are good. But if we're not coming at that, um, for lack of better phrase and really cheesy on our knees, like we will always miss it. And so whether that's a pat on the back or a kick in the butt, I don't know. I would say this for the people that we know personally, and hopefully, you know, that we care about any of our listeners and specifically our booster members, all of these things, my both pat on the back and kick in the butt this morning is let's begin to identify the issue, whether it's in, it, internally or externally, in a way that we only are revealed revealed that by a personal walk with Jesus Christ and, and digging into that and falling into that and realizing that like we need that more than the next specs program, the new idea, the next catchy thing, all of these things We've got to be people that push heavily into the Lord and we walk in that manner. That's it.